You're listening to The Kin Podcast, episode number nine. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Thanks for tuning in to The Kin Show, a podcast that celebrates our kindred spirits, a place where we explore parenting and spirituality, the true human experience, and the intricacies of faith. And today's episode is the most personal episode I've recorded thus far, and by popular demand, really. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw the poll I put up about this week's episode, and every single person that voted wanted to hear about this topic. Literally 100% of you voted for this, and that's post-weaning depression, which is interesting. Today, I'll share my very personal experience with post-weaning depression, what it is, how it happened to me, and how I came out the other end. So let's do this, I guess. No, I'm kidding. I'm pumped to share this with you. Even if it makes me more than slightly nervous, I'm sure it'll help at least one person. I'll explain why. So let's do this. Here we go. Now, you might be wondering why I decided to record an episode about post-weaning depression. Now, like I said, everybody wanted to hear about it on Instagram, but why did I offer it? Well, first of all, I feel zero shame about this. You know, if I did, it'd be like feeling ashamed of my kids. And I'm on the other side of the spectrum on that. Like, I'm so freaking proud of them. And this depression was just a piece or a part of making them, of raising these kids. And while I went through this, I mean, zero change in how I felt about my children and our interactions together. I mean, the kids never felt the change. At least I hope not. Probably just noticed maybe I looked a little more tired, you know, and I might have been less fun while I was going through it, which I realized later. I'll tell you about that at the end of the episode. But that's honestly the only way they probably, you know, they probably would have known what was going on with me. But in terms of how I felt about my children or how I interacted with them, nothing, none of that changed while I was going through this post-weaning depression period. It was all love, as always, infinite, unconditional love for my kids. Now, the second reason I want to share this story is because post-weaning depression happens a lot. You know, I recently went with a friend to one of those like McDonald types of playgrounds where you get some food and there's like a little indoor playground and it was raining out and we decided to hit up the, this little place for the kids to play. And we struck up a conversation with somebody who was there who I knew, but like honestly, I, an acquaintance. And even to the level where this acquaintance, I didn't even know her name. I just knew, I think I've met her once. And she approached and we got to talking and it turns out that I was with one friend and we meet up with this other acquaintance. We start chatting while our kids are playing in the playground. Well, it turns out this acquaintance had depression during pregnancy. The friend that I was with had anxiety right after labor, so postpartum anxiety. And I experienced depression after I stopped breastfeeding, post-weaning depression. That's three people and each of us experienced some kind of depression or anxiety surrounding pregnancy. But so many moms don't know about anything but postpartum depression. Like doctors, medical professionals are giving postpartum depression like a ton of press. You know what I mean? Like, and I say press like in quotes, like press. But very rarely is postweaning depression talked about or anxiety or um, during pregnancy. You know, there's a whole 
host of different things that can happen and that do happen quite a bit. And I figured that the more I share about this experience, about my experience, the more other moms and people who know moms <laughs> know what to look out for. And hopefully doctors start talking about it with their patient moms too, you know? It's not just postpartum depression. There's other things that can happen and other things that we should be looking out for. So that being said, let me jump into my story with post-weaning depression. So first of all, what is weaning? Um, weaning is when you stop breastfeeding, the process of stopping the breastfeeding. Um, and I had never experienced anything similar in the past. You know, I, I think it's worth saying that I have been through really hard things in my life, really hard times, and I had never experienced anything near or close to what I now know is depression. I didn't have a history of depression. There's a family history of depression, but I had no experience with, with it myself up until this point, which was when I was 31 years old. Also, I did not experience postpartum or during or after anything related to depression or anxiety with my eldest child. I thought that I would have the same experience with my second child, but that was not the case. Um, my post-weaning depression happened with Nicolas, my second child. Did not happen with my first child, Juan Jose. So now that I have set the stage, this is what happened. Now, I slowly weaned Nicolas. I breastfed him for a total of eight months. And I had never, I was never strict with Nicolas about nursing him exclusively. He always had some formula here and there, but he was at least like 90% breastfed, I would say. But when he was around five months, I replaced one feeding with a formula feeding. So when he was five months old, I weaned myself off of one feeding. I stopped breastfeeding him during one feeding specifically. The next month, I did that with an additional feeding. So I let go of one more feeding. At this point, I let go of two feedings. The next month, I let go of another. And by the time he was eight months old, he was completely weaned. All formula, no more breast milk. Or actually, no. He was drinking breast milk of mine that I had frozen, but I was no longer producing milk. So according to my body, he was completely weaned. But the truth is that is a very slow tapering off of the nursing situation. You know, my body had four months to acclimate and to stop producing milk on a very slow schedule. Um, and at this point, it was the beginning of October. About two days later, I felt a sudden drop in my emotions. The best way that I can describe it was a darkness. Like I had fallen off an emotional cliff of sorts. And it's something that I had never experienced before. Again, I've been through really hard times and I had never been through something like this. It's just an immediate drop. I don't remember like the day to day of October and November, but I will tell you a few things about October and November. I remember at one point telling one of my besties. So if you follow me on Everyday Salt, which you can check out everydaysalt.com, it's another project I have with two of my friends. I remember telling one of these friends, Consuelo, who does the artwork for Everyday Salt, that I didn't feel like going on a family trip to the beach. We go to the beach all the time as a family. It's not like anything special. I have my routine. I even have things at the beach so I don't have to take like a pack and play and all this stuff. Like it's pretty easy for us to just go to the beach. Everything's there. You know, it's not like a lot of work. 
but I didn't feel like going. Um, I remember saying to her, like, I don't feel like being there and I don't feel like being here either. I don't feel like being anywhere. I remember voice noting this to her because we are like massive voice noters, Consuelo and I. And I remember driving, voice noting this to her. Uh, don't worry, I have Bluetooth on my car. It was hands-free. And I just was so confused and felt so sad about not knowing what was going on and why I felt this way. I had never not wanted to go to the beach or I had never not wanted to stay home. Like I just didn't even know what I wanted because I didn't want anything. Everything felt dark. And, you know, a few weeks later, I went out to dinner with JJ, my husband. We try and go out every Thursday. And we went to one of my favorite restaurants and we hadn't been there in a while. This was nearing the end of October, maybe like October 20th. But I was so like down that I could hardly speak to him. I remember being there and we sat there at the table and JJ kept asking me like, I can't hear you. What are you saying? Because I was just talking like this and it like took all my energy to like mumble out a few words. And that's, that's very unlike me. You know, I chose to create this podcast because I like to talk. Um, and it was a very foreign experience for me. And I did share with him during that dinner that I didn't feel well. Not like physically. I have explained that. It's not like I have a cold, JJ. It's not like I have a stomach ache. There's, I didn't feel well mentally, emotionally. But I told him that I wasn't sure what was wrong. I just told him like, I'm not okay. I remember saying that. I'm not okay. And that continued in November. This coincided with Nicolas getting really sick. He had croup, which was horrible, but he was fine like within five days. Thank God. Not every day was dark in October and November. Um, you know, I, don't, I wasn't like in bed all day. No, it wasn't like that. I, you know, I had to get up with the kids every morning. I was forced to, forced into activity. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have a chance to just lay in bed, but if I had been given the chance, I probably would have, but I didn't, I didn't have that option. Um, I was forced into activity, probably thank God for that. But the darkness did permeate like most of the day. We had some good moments for sure, but the heaviness kind of followed me around. Now by early December, it had gotten bad. It was dark. Uh, we went on a family trip to Miami with my parents and siblings. My kids stayed behind at my in-laws. And you'd think it'd be like, oh, I get to sleep and I get to enjoy and whatever. But I was so in this darkness that, you know, I had another episode where I was hardly speaking. We went out as a family to our favorite sushi place where we've been going since I was a kid. And we all sit on the floor and usually would have been like a grand occasion because it's like our place, you know. And I would have loved it, but this night I just hardly spoke. Nobody seemed to notice, to be honest, but when we got home that night, I got into bed and I was like, JJ, come cuddle with me or something. And uh, when he did, I whispered to him, like, I'm definitely not okay. And when we get back to Nicaragua, I'm going to see someone. Um, he was a bit shocked, I think, because he didn't think that it was, he hadn't noticed that it had gotten to that point. But he agreed 100%. He was like, you know, whatever you need, I'll help you. Let's do this. It's all good. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll get through this. But um, so it was a bit of a shock to him. But I definitely communicated like, that's it. This is, this is not normal. 
I'm not okay. I need help. And he was like, okay, all right, let's do this. So I remember just before our flight home, I was, as we sat on the airplane waiting to take off, I started Googling, like, what is wrong with me? Like, just trying to figure this out. And I came across a post that I had read five years earlier. And everything suddenly, like, clicked. And I had read this post in 2012. At this point, this was early December 2017. But I had read this in 2012. And it had stayed with me a little bit. Because when I saw the headline, it, or it immediately struck a chord. And I was like, this, this is it. This is what I have. Like, duh. How did I not realize? And it's a post on a blog that I've read for years called Cup of Joe. Probably a lot of you have heard of it. If not, it's cupofjoe.com, uh, C-U-P-O-F-J-O. And the post is titled The Hardest Two Months of My Life, which I'll link to in the show notes on kidpodcast.com. But anyways, in this post, the writer of Cup of Joe goes through her experience with post-weaning depression and how when she stopped breastfeeding, she slipped into this darkness and this depression as well. So when I kind of understood, all right, this is what I have. It coincided exactly with my timeline of weaning Nicolás. Now I have to figure out what to do. So when we got back to Nicaragua, I asked a friend for a referral for a therapist because, you know, like many very conservative Latin American countries, people here don't talk about therapy all that much. They don't talk about therapy all that much, even though I do. I love talking about therapy with anybody that will listen. It's such a gift. It has been such a gift to my life. So a friend recommended her therapist and I went for an appointment for the first time a couple of days later. And I got lucky in that this is the same therapist I work with today. I know it usually takes people a few tries to find somebody that they jive with. Well, not only did we hit it off, but she also shares like many faith things with me, like centering prayer and a love for Father Thomas Keating. And like on our first session, she recommended a book to me, which was a daily reader written by Father Thomas Keating, an author and monk and priest that I adore. So I took it as kind of like a sign from God, like this is where I'm supposed to be. What a coincidence that she's been on the retreats that I've been on. And she's a therapist, but we talk a lot about our faith. I wouldn't go so far as to say she's like a spiritual director because she's more my therapist. There is something of spiritual direction happening there. You know, we talked through some issues and things and she urged me to go to the gynecologist. She left me that as homework. So I went and I was nervous about it because this appointment wasn't your typical, like, let's put on the gown and do an ultrasound kind of thing. This was my first, like, let's sit in the office and talk kind of appointment. And I'd never done that before. And let's be real. It's, it's hard to feel that male doctors fully understand what we go through as women in our bodies when it comes to childbearing. I, I wasn't sure he'd understand. And I was fearful that he'd write me off as something completely like unrelated to weaning when I knew in my heart of hearts that this was directly related to the breastfeeding. Luckily, my doctor was more than understanding. He was actually like freaking wonderful. Logistically, he asked me the five questions to diagnose depression. Um, he explained to me the very like concrete and science-backed reasons why any woman would feel depression or down after weaning. Basically, there's two hormones, prolactin and oxytocin, that are elevated when you're breastfeeding. And when breastfeeding stops, those levels drop suddenly, leading to like a slew of symptoms, including depression, anxiety, fatigue, nausea, like the fun stuff. And there haven't been a lot of studies around post-weaning, but that's the main theory of what's going on, right? He asked me 
if you could make me an appointment with a psychiatrist. He went so far as to say, like, if you were my daughter, I'd ask you to go to this doctor. Can I call him? And I was like, you do you, man. Because, like, he sat there and watched me cry my eyes out, which I had never done before. Not even when he watched me hold my two children for the first time because he delivered them. You know, I just don't cry in front of people if I can help it. And I just bawled the entire time. And he knew that that wasn't the real me, you know, the, the usual Marcela. So he made me an appointment and he talked to me about God, like so much. And he begged me not to be afraid of taking medication if the psychiatrist recommended one. And he explained, you know, that this could snowball into something way worse. And that me taking care of myself is also me taking care of my family because he knows how I feel about my kids. And after about 45 minutes of so much empathy and kindness, he sent me on my way. And P.S., he called my husband the next day to ask how I was because he is the best doctor. Anyway, uh, I drove to, over to the psychiatrist's office and it went all right. You know, he explained depression to me in like clinical terms like PowerPoint presentation and all. And um, he asked if, you know, all the typical questions, maybe you should work out. Working out helps. And I was like, you know, I haven't stopped exercising throughout this whole time. You know, I work out at least a few times a week, three or four times a week. It's been 11 years of that with very, very few breaks, only really during morning sickness. He asked if I slept. I said I slept like a baby. I always have. Sleep is spiritual. Um, thank God <laughs> post-weaning depression did not affect my sleep. In the end, he wrote me a prescription for an antidepressant, which of course I declined because I am me, wolf. Um, the next few weeks, I continued going to my therapist and talking it out. And, you know, she helped with some issues that were kind of top of mind at the moment. But I continued being like reluctant to take the medication. So at this point, it's mid-December. And Christmas passes. There's always family drama with Christmas, right? And, but the, the psychiatrist had told me, look, it's up to you if you don't take the medication, but here's your prescription. You're the one that's going to suffer. But if in a few weeks you decide that you're ready to take the medication, you know what to do. Grab that prescription, buy it, take the first pill, and then you call me. And by December 28th, so two weeks later, that is exactly what I did. I was at the beach for New Year's. And I had another episode where I was just laying on the couch the entire day. And JJ had taken the kids on a trip, on a day trip to see his family to another beach. And I called JJ and I was like, buy the pills. And so I know that it takes most people two weeks or more to feel a change with an antidepressant. But for me, it was two days. Two days later, I was, I woke up. And I was me again. I was Marcela. I was back. I shared that experience with my psychiatrist when I, when I called him because he said, take the first one and, and you call me. And I did. And um, we talked about it later. And he said that it's probably because I've never taken medication before. And what he would call a medication virgin, that it might have, you know, made a, an effect on me more quickly than other people. But the truth is that everybody's just so different that you don't know why this is just me. It was a couple days before I feel better. But then, um, so that was December 28th. By the time we got back on January 1st, I remember being here at home and like dancing with the kids. And that's when I realized I hadn't been a, a fun mom for a couple months because I hadn't even realized that I had stopped doing that stuff. 
I was dancing with them and singing with them. And I felt I'm back. It's me again, you know, and I, I just wanted to hug myself and in, in relief too, in relief that it was over. So that was my very long journey to treatment. And once I got the treatment that I needed, I was back. I was back. Now, medical professionals and all the websites on the interwebs say that there are a few things you can do to avoid post-weaning and postpartum depression, anxiety, and all, all the like. You can take care of yourself by exercising and eating healthy foods or bonding with your baby and weaning slowly, which I highly recommend all the moms out there do. Please do it because it helps. But to be honest, I did all of those things. I was exercising. I weaned one feeding per month over a four-month period. And I spent so much time with Nicolas in a super bonding kind of way. Okay, we bonded all the time. <laughs> but it happened to me anyway. That's just science. Hormones. Fact. It happened to me. And that's okay. But it's important to do all the things that doctors recommend because it definitely helps. But if you're feeling any kind of way, during pregnancy, after labor, after wrapping up your breastfeeding journey, at any point, really, with or without kids involved, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, if you feel any sort of way that feels like it's not you, like dark, heavy, maybe you describe it in a different way, it's honestly so amazing to reach out to a professional to talk it out. Now, I don't know where I would be if it weren't for the help that I received through talk therapy and medication. That was just the treatment that I needed. Everyone's different, and a doctor is the best person to guide you. But I'm just so grateful for the help that I received. And it took me two entire months to reach out for help. And that was two months too long, I think. Now, everything happens for a reason, but I do think it was two months too long. Now, if there's anyone listening who's struggling or knows somebody else who's struggling, please take heart in that help is available at any time that you need. And I really, really hope that you will reach out. And part of me feels a little strange sharing all these details, you know, the day by day almost of my journey with this. But the truth is that if I had heard somebody talk about it before, I would have realized before that that's what was happening to me. I would have known to watch out for it. I wish my doctor had told me about this before it happened. And it wouldn't have been two months until I looked for help, you know. So while... This may have been like TMI kind of episode. I really hope that it helps someone, anyone, if it just helps one person to realize that this can happen or whether it's happening in the moment for them to identify that it's happening. And I urge them, you know, to seek help and treatment for it. It will have been worth all the awkwardness that I feel in recording this episode and pressing publish on it and knowing that other people are listening to everything that I went through. And it's not that it's embarrassing to me that I went through this. Not at all. It's just some people get kind of squeamish when it comes to breastfeeding and babies and like all this stuff and might feel like it's TMI. Honestly, not to me. It's worth it. It's fine. And every single time I have talked to another mom about this, they have said, really, I didn't know that even existed. Or, you know, when I weaned, I felt really sad for a while. And I'm like, there you go. You know, all the websites say, and the doctor says that it's normal to feel kind of like a drop in emotions 
or you know, or some kind of anxiety or sadness for a couple weeks. But if it goes past a couple weeks and it gets worse, then you should you know seek help. And that's exactly what happened to me. For a lot of people, the hormones regulate themselves, and you're good to go very very quickly. Not for me. Like you know, I was two months in. I had already resumed a lot of the natural processes that happen when you stop breastfeeding and I was still getting worse and worse. So I'm really glad that I, that I um, looked for help when I needed it. And I hope that this helps somebody else who's listening and needs some help as well. So I'll wrap this up with this thought. Isn't it amazing the things that we do and we go through for our children? If that is not unconditional love, then what is? You know, so thank you for listening to this episode of The Kin Show. Sorry for the TMI, if that's how you feel about this. Sorry about that. You can check out this episode's show notes at kinpodcast.com. Now, I'll post all the information I talked about here, some articles on postweening depression, the blog post I read on Cup of Joe, and all that stuff over at kinpodcast.com. And a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music to this show. And check him out on Spotify to listen to my favorite song, Yellow. But the, honestly, they're all good. So search for Mario Callejas. And thank you for listening to this very personal episode of the Kin Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I know I always say this, but it would really help me out if you left a five-star review. I mean, if that's how you feel like, let's be honest. If you think it deserves five stars, give it to me. And if you want to leave a review, that would be extra super helpful. You know, it'll help more people find and enjoy the show. And this episode might be helpful to somebody. If you know somebody that it would be helpful to, please, please, please do me a favor and send it over to them. I'd be ever so grateful. And stay tuned for the next episode of Kin next week. I'm Marcela, signing out.